Y'all look good, good group of people. Are you ready to get into the Word of God? Yeah? All right. Well, let's do it. James, let's go to James 4.17. And if you don't have a Bible, the verses will be on the screen up there. Um, but we always encourage you to you know, bring your Bibles if you have one. If you don't have one, we'll get you one. And just let us know and uh, look, follow along the best you can. How many have their Bible on their phone? A couple of people? That's good. That's good. Just any way you, any way you can, can get it. That's great. James 4.17, while you're turning there, uh, as I said last week, we're, we're doing a series on missing the mark. Does anybody know what, what missing the mark, what, what, that's a definition for a word. Does anybody know what the word is? Sin. Sin, Sin means to miss the mark. And, uh, you know, when you miss the mark, what happens is, is you find yourself going around the same old mountains year after year after year after year. Or you find yourself stuck in the mud, spinning your wheels, trying to get out. And you just can't get out. How many's ever gone around the same mountain year after year after year besides me? Or you've felt like you've been stuck in the mud. You can't get out of the mud, so to speak. And years come and go and you're just stuck in the mud. And it's because... Most of the time, it's because we're missing the mark. We're missing it in some area. And, of course, sin means to miss the mark. And, you know, when you say the word sin, of course, a lot of people right away, and rightly so, you start thinking about, you know, the the sexual sins or you start thinking about cussing or lying or these sorts of things that are, are just, you know, obvious to people. But there's a lot of things that we can do to miss the mark that that is sin that we don't even realize that it's sin. And that's the premise of what I'm talking about over these next couple of weeks, just pointing out from the Word of God some areas that we're missing the mark in, some areas that is sin that we normally wouldn't even think of as being sin. And remember, uh, you know, The Bible says that if we regard sin in our hearts, if we're going to continue to practice sin, the Bible says that that the Lord won't hear us. Now, I want the Lord hearing me. How about you? You want the Lord hearing you? But if if you're going to practice sinful things, then uh, it's going to hinder you and it's going to keep you stuck in the mud or going around that same old mountain. And there's a lot of things that, that are sin that we normally don't think of that's sin. And that's what we're trying to point out to you. Look here at James 4, 17. It says, Therefore to him or her who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is what? Sin. So if there's something that you know to do that, that you're supposed to be doing and you refuse to do it, then is that thing sin? Did the Bible say that that's sin? Yeah. And we oftentimes don't think about that. We think about the lying, the cheating, the stealing, the sexual stuff. And that's sin, certainly. But there's other areas we can miss it in that we normally don't even consider as sin. And remember, we showed you last week when we started this series that the Bible says, whoever keeps the whole law of God, but yet you miss it in one point, you're guilty of the whole thing. As far as the way God looks at it, you know, like I, like I said last week, you know, a lot of times you'll have, 
You know, and, I, and I've, I, I've seen this over the years. You'll have a preacher that's up pounding on the pulpit saying, you know, you, you know, you shouldn't get drunk. You shouldn't get drunk. You shouldn't get drunk. And how many of you know you shouldn't get drunk? Is that right? But while that preacher's pounding, because drunkenness is sin, isn't it? But while that preacher's pounding the pulpit about drunkenness the whole time, he weighs 600 pounds. Did we show you last week? Gluttony is sin too, isn't it? So it's so so easy to pick on one thing or a group of things as sin and overlook others. And a lot of times you'll have folks that, that you know, I talked about last week that gluttony, you know, they're we're way overweight and it's not because it's a medical problem or, or a gland problem. It's because they're eating too many jelly donuts, right? But yet they'll put the drunkard down while they while they're gluttonizing so we need to realize there's other areas of, of 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 sin than a lot of times what we what we think and today let's look at two of these such areas let's go to romans fourteen twenty three. now this is one here that that probably i'd almost if i was a gambling man but gambling's sin so <laughs> i'm not going to gamble now we could talk about that for a while you know, I'd rather put my faith in God than in a lotto ticket. How about you? Did I just rain on some people's parades? But this one here that we're going to look at, if I was a gambling person, I'd bet you dollars to donuts that uh, most people wouldn't think of this next thing as sin. But yet it is, and it costs us with God. It costs us in our, in our daily life. Romans 14.23, but he who doubts is condemned if he eats, and I'm not going to get into all of that right now, because he does not eat from faith, but here's what I want you to get, for whatever is not from faith is what? Whatever is not from faith is sin. You know, the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God, is that right? And without faith... Not only is it impossible to please God, but the Bible says that whatever is not from faith is what? Is sin. So if you're not living by faith, then you're sinning. Is that what the Bible says? Surely it does. Now we wouldn't think that most people would never think of that as being sinful, not living by faith. Because we're thinking about the lying, the cheating, the stealing, all, all that, and, and, and that is sin. But not living by faith is sinful. And if you're not going to live by faith, it's going to hinder your prayers. It's going to hinder your whole life. Notice, I want to read this scripture in the Amplified Bible, and it'll, it'll be on the screen up there. Romans 14, 23 in the Amplified Bible says, but the man who has doubts, misgivings, an uneasy conscience about eating and then eats and so on and so forth. I, I don't want to talk about that part of it, but, but let's go to the very last sentence here. For whatever does not originate and proceed from faith is what? Is sin. And then notice, whatever is done without a conviction of its approval by God, is sinful. So whatever God doesn't approve of, if we go ahead and do it, it's sinful. And one of the things that God approves of is us living by faith. And if we refuse to live by faith, then we're walking in sin. Now, if, if I took a vote here, how many of you would have thought that not living by faith was a sin? 
maybe a couple of people. But most people, that wouldn't be on the list of sins, would it? You, you know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not murder and all that. That would make, and certainly that should be on the list. But not living by faith, God looks at that as sin. Now, of course, somebody would say, well, what does it mean to live by faith? Now, I, I could talk for hours on this, but I want to keep it as simple as possible. And, and it's this right here. Living by faith simply means trusting God. Real loud, say trusting God. Trusting God. Just simply trusting in the Lord. And when we go our daily lives and go about our daily lives and we don't trust in the Lord, it's sinful. Notice Proverbs 3 verse 5. Let's go there. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Notice what the Bible says. It says, trust in the Lord with half of your heart. No, with what? With all your heart. And and see, that's faith right there. Trusting in the Lord with all of your heart. That's faith in a nutshell. Trusting God. And lean not on your own understanding. When you follow God you'll find this out, that a lot of times God will have you do things or ask you to do things that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to your natural mind. But we need to obey God and trust Him anyway. Is that right? That's living by faith. And then in verse 6, it says, In all your ways, in some of your ways or all your ways, all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will what? Direct your paths. So you see, to live by faith simply means to trust in the Lord, to trust God, to look to Him, to look to Him to direct your paths, to look to Him for direction and, and, and counsel. And when we don't do that, when we don't do that, it's sin. It's missing the mark. And if you don't trust in the Lord, if you don't live by faith, you're going to circle that same mountain year after year, decade after decade. You're going to, your, your uh, wheels, so to speak, of your life are going to stay stuck in the mud. Realize, say, trust God. Yeah, we've got to trust God. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I suspect you probably are. It's real easy to get away from trusting God and begin trusting in other things or even trusting in your own understanding. But what did the Bible say here? Lean not on your own what? Understanding. And again, if you're like me, it's, it's, it's one thing to say you're going to trust in God, but then it's another thing to do it. Is that, is that right? Is that... And particularly when you get in pressure situations, a lot of times you get in a pressure situation and the heat is on and, you know, you start looking for your own way out of a situation. You start looking for, you know, things you can do yourself to fix the problem rather than seeking the Lord for direction. Here's a fella. Look at 2 Chronicles 16.12. This is very interesting scripture here. It's something all of us deal with at one time or another concerning seeking God. 
there's this king named Asa, Second Chronicles 16.12, not Corinthians now, but Chronicles, Second Chronicles 16.12 in the Old Testament here. In the 39th year of his reign, so he was a king, 39 years, he became diseased in his feet. You see that? And his malady or his sickness was severe. Now watch this. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physician physicians do you see that yet in his disease he did not seek the lord but the physicians and he wound up dying now those of you who know me i don't have to make this statement but if you don't know me i want you to understand where i stand and where the bible stands do you know that god is all for good doctors Do you know that God has provided us with good doctors? He has provided us with good medicine. How many of you are glad that he's provided us with good medicines? And and, and I'm all for it. Good hospitals, good doctors, good medicine, all for it. God's all for it. Do you remember that man Hezekiah? Remember when he fell ill? And he was going to die and God had Isaiah go over to his house and say, go over to the palace and say, tell Hezekiah to set his house in order. He's going to, he's going to die. Remember that? How many remembers that? And Hezekiah repented, didn't he? And, and, and the Lord said, okay, I'm going to add 15 years to his life. And then if you read the story, it's interesting that God didn't just hit Hezekiah with his healing power. He could have. But he didn't. He said to Isaiah, the prophet, the man of God, he said, tell Hezekiah to put a lump of figs, which was medicine, on that boil, and it healed. So did God instruct at one time somebody to use medicine? Yes. God's all for good medicine. If you look in the New Testament, you can see the apostle Paul. He is a preacher. Did he have the healing power of God flowing in his, in his life? Certainly he did. But it's interesting, God had a companion for Paul. His name was Luke. Do you know what Luke did, what, what he was? He was a, he is a, he is a physician. So you see, the apostle Paul, he flowed in the healing power of God, but God also had by his side a doctor. So, so God is all for good doctors and good hospitals and good medicines. But there's something that I think we need to think about. We're talking about living by faith here. Is this guy here, Asa, notice what it says here in in verse 12. It says, yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. Now, is there anything wrong with looking to the physicians? No. The problem here really wasn't so much that as it was he didn't first look to who? To the Lord. You know, I, I go to a lot of hospitals and make hospital visits. And, and a lot of times I, I think about this when I go to visit folks in the hospital. Do you know it's, it's hard sometimes to find a parking spot at a hospital? <laughs> Has anybody ever run into that besides me? And, and the reason for that is there's a lot of sick people, isn't there? There must be. 
because those, par- those parking lots are, are usually always just jam-packed. And I often think about this, and it's not to put anybody down, but I'm just using this as an example healing the, the physical body because it's something we all deal with, sickness, disease, and things like that. And I think about this. I wonder how many of the people that are in the, in the hospitals there that are sick, I just wonder how many of them have taken any time at all to seek the Lord concerning their issue, whatever it is. I just wonder about that sometimes. Now, is there anything wrong with turning to the physician? No. But I think that there's someone we ought to turn to first, and that would be the Lord. Is that right? And we live in a society, and again, I'm all for medicines. I'm all for it. I'm, I'm all for it. It's good. It's good. It's good. And, and your children, if they need medicine, my goodness, give them good medicine. Can, can you say amen to that? Do, do it. Do it. Do it. You need to do it. But, But... No matter what the situation, shouldn't we turn to the Lord first and inquire of him and seek him and ask him? Uh, And I do it too. No matter uh, how much I've taught this, how much I've preached these things over the years, when a headache hits, the first thing I want to do is grab the Tylenol. Is there anything wrong with the Tylenol? No. But I wonder why, why is it that we don't first stop and, 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 and pray about this, the, the situation and seek the Lord? Are you, are you okay with that? I'm just trying to, I'm not trying to put anybody down because I do this too. We're looking at things where we mess up, miss the mark that we normally don't think about. And, and something I always think about, like with a headache, I think about this. If I can't believe God to get healed of a headache, what in the world am I going to do if cancer hits my body? Do you remember David? Remember King David before he was the king when he was a little shepherd boy? He went out and he killed a giant, didn't he? But before he killed the giant, he, he killed the lion and the bear. He, he, he fought smaller things and he defeated those smaller things like a lion and a bear... And then when the giant showed up, he was able to kill the giant. And, and, and I think about this a lot of times, and I'm just using the area of healing and, and the physical body as an example. But if we don't turn to the Lord first, and we don't look to him first, we're really not living by faith, are we? And I'm convinced that there's much of the time, much of the time sickness hits our body and we turn to the Lord, I'm convinced that much of the time that the Lord is going to direct us to use a good hospital or a good doctor or a good medicine. And and I've had things in my life where something's hit my body and you seek the Lord and you just have peace that, you know, I need to go to the doctor and I need to have them do some things on me. Can, Can you say amen? And that's good. But, but what I'm trying to point out here is we need to look to the Lord first and live by faith and trust him. And much of the time, he'll direct us to use good hospitals, doctors, and medicines. But we, the point I'm trying to make is we need to seek him first. Now, I use an area of healing, but, you know, we could use an area of, of, of your work, the, where, where you work. 
Have you ever had a problem come up on the work on the workplace besides me? Has anybody ever had a problem at work besides me? Huh? And I wonder how many times when that problem comes up, we start trying to figure out how we're going to figure the problem out. What we're going to do, what, you know, and, and have you ever looked at a problem and, and, and it just, you didn't see an answer? But yet we're going to try to figure something out. What did the Bible say? Lean not to your own understanding. Now, sometimes you'll be able to figure a problem out, but there's a lot of problems I haven't been able to figure out. But right away, if you're like me, a problem comes up, we're going to start trying to figure this thing out. How are we going to take care of it? How are we going to do it? What are we going to do? When really the first thing we need to do is seek the Lord. Realize, say, seek the Lord. Yes, seek the Lord. Look to him. How many of you know he's smarter than than you and me put together? Is that right? Is that right? So we seek him, inquire of him, ask of him. And he's got the answers. That's living by faith. I said, that's living by faith, seeking the Lord, putting him, looking to him first. You understand what I'm saying? That's living by faith, trusting him. And when we don't do that, it's missing the mark and God calls it sin and it'll hinder us and it'll hurt us. And we could go through other examples. I used Asa as an example, but uh, King Saul, the Bible said, I'll just note this. King Saul said he died for his unfaithfulness because he did not keep the word of the Lord and because he he consulted a medium or a fortune teller for guidance. Now, how many of you got better sense than to look to a fortune teller for guidance? Remember Saul? Remember he went to the witch of Endor? Remember that? And it cost him. And the Lord was uh, upset, the Bible says, because he did not inquire of the Lord. I think we need to inquire of the Lord first. Let's look to the Lord first. Let's lean not to our own understanding. And let's certainly don't look to people that, that you know, Saul looked to a, to a witch. But, you know, there's a lot of voices in the land. How many of you know there's a lot of voices out there? You know what I mean? There's a lot of, when I say voices, I'm talking about the Internet. I mean, you can't even check your email without getting all kinds of stuff bombarding you. Is that right? And, 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 and whether it's, I need to, how many of y'all tweet in here? Even how many knows what I'm talking about? Tweet? I don't. Tw- I do. I need. I need to start tweeting. I, I don't tweet. 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 That's how I tweet. You know, but I need to do that. I need to be a little more up on these some of these things. But there's a lot of voices out there. You know, there's a lot of people that have advice. How many of you know the advice isn't always good? Is that right? You figured that out, haven't you? And so we just need to not inquire of everybody and their brother now there's a time to inquire and the bible says that there's there's wisdom and a multitude of counsel but if you study that out it's a bunch of good counselors a good bunch of good godly people if you're going to get counsel you need to be sure you're getting it from a bunch of good godly people is that right you know but there's a lot of lot of people how many of you know a lot of people have opinions is that right but the opinions aren't always right so we need to seek the Lord first. We need to have some time in our day where we seek the Lord and we look to him and get his guidance. And then when we do that, things will go better for us. Not inquiring of the Lord, not trusting in him 
We see this happening again and again in the Bible. And I I note in the Bible where I see people at one time in their life, they sought the Lord. Did you know it's real easy to get away from seeking God if you're not careful? And then leaning on your own power and then you get in trouble. And you know something else I've found? That it takes work to seek God. It takes work to seek God. And the baby said amen on that. That's great. I love to hear little babies enjoying my messages. I really do. I like that. It's good. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It takes work to seek God. You know, and this is going to lead into my last point here. But it takes work to seek God. The Bible talks about the person that seeks God that calls him a workman. Real loud say workman. You know, workman. Now, again, I'm all for taking the Tylenol. But did you know it's a lot easier to grab for the Tylenol than it is to go get down in your prayer closet and seek God first? Now, you all know I'm not against medicine. You all know I'm for it. I'm just trying to get us all to think here. And and, and whatever the case, I know, and and I, I, I don't want to say too much more about this. I've talked about it enough. But if you would have seen me three months ago and you see me now, you would not recognize me. I'm, I've lost 50 pounds in three months. Don't worry, I'm not sick. There's nothing, nothing wrong. A lot of people see me now and they say, oh my gosh, what's, what, what's happened to you? People don't recognize me. They see me in the mall. But I've lost about 50 pounds in three months. And one of the reasons that I did it, many reasons, but one of the reasons I did it was my cholesterol numbers came back and they were way high. And the doctor told me, he said, you know, if you don't do something, we're going to have to put you on the cholesterol medicine. Now, you know, the cholesterol medicine, did you know that, how many of you know medicines have side effects, don't they? And it's possible I could have went on the cholesterol medicine and it brings my cholesterol down, but it eats my liver up. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And so I had a decision three months ago, am I going to... Because the doctor told me, eat right and exercise, or in three months, we're going to take the blood work again, and we're going to put you on the cholesterol medicine. Now, I want to tell you right now, it would have been a whole lot easier for me to keep eating the fried chicken and the fried foods and all of that, and just take the cholesterol medicine. And you know, most people do that. Did you know that? The last three months has been quite a challenge you know it's not easy to go in there on that treadmill every single day everybody's looking at me just like that it's not easy sometimes i lay down there and i go i'm laying on the floor i do 40 sit-ups every day when i started i could barely do four three months come and go i'm up to 40 now is that wonderful well lay down there and my wife she'll say are you okay down there i said not really and then I get on that treadmill and I go, I go 10 minutes at 6 uh, speed, 10 elevation. I don't want to do that every day. That take, realize, say work. Yeah. And, and when we go out to eat and that bread passes, I'm talking about, you know, I'd love to go to the macaroni grill right now. And I'd love to eat about six loaves of bread stuffed with butter. I just, you know. Amen. The point I'm trying to make here is that I was at a point in my life where it was either 
take the easy route, keep eating like a hog, <laughs> and take the medicine, or seek the Lord, which I, I sought the Lord. I'm going to tell you something that I felt the Lord told me that I've never said before, but, I, but he spoke this to me some, some time back in my heart, right in my heart. You know, that's where he'll talk to you, right there. I don't want you to think I'm weird that I'm hearing voices, just right down here. But he, he shared with me some time ago, and I, I shared it with, with some of, of y'all, that if I didn't do something about my weight, when I got into my 50s, I was going to have some serious health problems. And then just prior to those cholesterol numbers coming back, the Lord, the Lord dealt with me and spoke to my heart. And, and, and what he said was, was that, and I haven't even told my wife this, that either I was going to take the weight off or because I've been disobedient, there was going to sickness going to hit me and the sickness was going to take the weight off. So now you make a decision. What do you want to do? I made the decision. I'm going to get on the treadmill and I'm going to eat right because I'm not going to let sickness and disease take the weight off of me. Treadmill's a whole lot easier than letting cancer eat your body out. That's real serious all of a sudden, but I'm talking about, see, I could have missed the mark. I'm not trying to draw attention to my weight loss. I'm trying to get you all to think. It's a lot. How many of you know it's a lot? It it seems hard to get on that treadmill and run 10 minutes every day and do the setups and do the plank and do all these. these. And my wife, she's got me on the bow flex and she says, you know, give me 10 more. I said, what you talking about? A 10 more. I've already done 25 of these. You want 10 more? You know, I'll give you 10 more. She says, just because I love you, honey. And I say, you love me, all right. I didn't freak anybody out when I said the Lord spoke that to me, did How many of you know he'll, the Bible says the Holy Spirit will show us things to come. Is that right? Is it a whole lot better going down on a treadmill and doing a bow flex and doing sit-ups than letting cancer eat your body out? How many of you'd rather lose weight by your own power at the direction of God through some hard work and exercise and not eating, eating wrong? Or would you rather have cancer eat, eat you up? You see what I'm saying? See, living by faith, that's li- trusting God, listening to God, inquiring of Him. be a whole lot easier to just go on and take the cholesterol medicine. You all getting anything out of this? I, I, I'm not boring you, am I? I'm trying to get us all to think. Real out, say hard work. Yeah, let's close with this. Matthew 25, 24. Speaking of that, now, if you're visiting today, I don't want you to think I'm some kind of loony toony that's, you know, hearing voices, but God will speak to your heart. You need to understand that. It's called a still small voice. He'll speak to you if you'll listen. Okay? Are you okay with that? Okay. Now, then, the, the last thing, I just want to talk a few minutes about this, and then we'll, we'll close. We talked about not living by faith. Here's something else that people don't often think of as being a a sinful thing. It's laziness. Slothful, lazy, and and there's something else too, overworking. And I just want to say a few things about this. But notice here in Matthew 25, do you remember that the Lord had given talents out to people? I think one person got 10, one got five, and one got, what was it, one? And, and, and he, he gave him the talents. He said, you know, do business till I come and all of that. And so that at a later time, the Lord came back and he, he was settling accounts. And the one that had been given the 10 talents, they did something with theirs and 
uh, the Lord rewarded them. Then the one that had five talents, they I think they doubled theirs and the Lord rewarded them equally. You know, you don't have to have as much talent as somebody else. God doesn't look at how much talent you have. He looks at what you do with what you do have. Did you hear me? But the guy that, that only had one talent, notice verse 24. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was what? Do you know a lot of times sin likes to run in packs? Like dogs, you know, they like to, wild dogs like to run in packs a lot of time, or wolves. Didn't we tell you last week that fear is a sin, isn't it? Not, not feeling fear so much as, as, as responding to and being fearful and afraid of everything. Just, you know, God doesn't want us to be afraid of everything, you know? We talked about that last week. Fear, that's, that's something people don't think of as a sin, but I won't go through all that again. He, was said, he said, I was afraid. So this guy's he's fearful. He's, and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, you what? You what? You wicked and... So you got wickedness right there with lazy. Now, wickedness, we all would say, yeah, that's sinful, but that's grouped right there with fear, wickedness, and it's grouped with what? Laziness. Did you know the Lord does not care for laziness? He said, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest and so he said to this guy you should have at least went to the bank put it in the bank and made a little interest is laziness a sin yes it is he he called him not only lazy but he called him wicked Has anybody ever been lazy in here besides me? Has anybody ever put off to tomorrow what you could have done today besides me? And, and again, I, the thing I want you to get at here is all of us, I want to make this clear, all of us have had a lazy day. All of us have had uh, things that we've, has anybody procrastinated besides me, you know? And, and, and I don't want to beat you up here because we've all missed it in this. The thing I'm getting at, and, and I said this last week, there's a difference between blundering and, and a lifestyle, practicing something. And, and, you know, we've all had a lazy day. We've all put things off. We've all done that. But what the Lord is really centering in on, I believe, is someone that has a lifestyle of this, that you're always putting stuff off. You're always, you know, just being slothful and lazy and, and, and sluggery is that a, is that a is that a word i don 't know, but sluggish there that 's better. My wife helped me. You understand there 's a difference between just goofing up and, and living a lifestyle, and this guy had a lifestyle. he was given one talent and he was fearful, he was wicked, and the Lord said he was lazy, and he didn 't do anything with this talent. He went and dug a hole and buried it. And, and the Lord doesn't want us to do that. Did you know that something I found out about lazy people is they're full of excuses. 
The Bible says, the lazy man says, there's a lion in the road. A fierce lion is in the streets. It's like when my wife asked me why I didn't vacuum the carpets. I said, there's a lion in the room. No. (laughs) Now, her and I, ever since we've been married, she does certain things. I do other things, like at, at dinner. She cooks it, and I clean it. Now, you don't want me cooking your dinner. Believe me, I'm not a very good cook. But she cooks it, and I clean it. Okay, and different things that, you know, and one of the things in the house, now she's always just cleaned the bathrooms. Thank God for that. But I've always vacuumed the carpets. And my wife, you see her and me, see, if you look at her and me, we're a good, uh, good balance. We balance each other out. We'll talk about this more on the, on, on that marriage uh, service we're going to have. But uh, she's an, she's a hard worker over what I call over industrious. And I'm more kind of like, I, lazy, I don't want to call myself lazy, but you know, if we can put it off till tomorrow, let's put it off till tomorrow. And we balance, we're allowed to say balance. We balance each other out. But I know there's times where she'll, and, and, and she's learned over the years, you know, that it doesn't work if you come to me and say, vacuum those floors. I'll say, well, you vacuum them. But if she'll come and she'll say, you know, honey, the floors kind of could maybe use a cleaning and vacuuming, then that motivates me and I'll go do it. But there was a day where I used to just make all kinds of excuses when she'd bring something up. And it may not have been there's a lion in the room, but you know, don't, don't you realize I just cut the yard? How many of you guys ever use that excuse? You know, or I just did this, just did that. But a lot of times I would make excuses for my laziness. And... Lazy people are typically full of excuses. Procrastinators are full of excuses as to why. You know, the, the Bible says, and I just want to preach on a few more minutes here, but I want you to listen. The Bible says, that, that I believe it was Solomon, and he, he said this, and we won't turn there, but, but I, I guess we could. Proverbs 24, verse 30. Uh, we could put that on the screen. He said, I... Proverbs 24, verse 30, he said, I went by the field of the, of the who? Now, is laziness sinful in the eyes of the Lord? I believe it is, if you have a lifestyle of it. He said, I went by the field of the lazy man, or I went by the house of the lazy man, or woman, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding, and there it was all, what? Overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles, that's weeds. Its stone wall was broken down. When I saw it, I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. See, does God want us to sleep? Yeah, the Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. And does he want us to rest? Yes, he does. He just doesn't want us to have a lifestyle of laziness. Can't you see this person's lazy, right? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little, little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your what? Your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man you know I've learned this over the years in many cases there's a reason why a lot of people don't have a lot it's because they don't take care of what they do have I've learned this about God if you want God to increase you and give you more you've got to take care of the stuff you have now Didn't Jesus say that if you're not faithful in that which is little, you'll not be faithful in that which is much? 
I've, I've watched this over the years. I, I, I've gone over to folks' houses over the years. And, and believe me, if I come over to your house, I'm not looking at how you do housekeeping. And, and nobody's house is always going to be neat, including mine. Say amen. My wife's a great housekeeper, but you come over at any given time, it's not going to be totally perfect. But I've gone over to folks' houses over the years, just, you know, as we've been invited and whatnot. And I've seen this time and again where I've watched, and these people, they, they would never cuss. They would never tell a lie. They would never tell a dirty joke. And I admire that. But yet they're spinning their wheels, spinning their wheels, never getting ahead in life, spinning their wheels, their wheels stuck in the mud. They'd never have an affair on their spouse. They'd never go out and get drunk. But yet you go over and it's not in a judgmental way. It just, you go over, you observe things. And I'm not talking about just messy day or, you know, but you see things, the grass hasn't been cut in weeks and weeks and weeks. And they're totally healthy. They've got a lawnmower. They've got gas for it. They've just been lazy and haven't taken care of it. There's, I've gone over at different times over the many 20 plus years of doing this and more than that. And, you know, I remember this one instance of a person, nobody would have a clue who I'm talking about. You go over to their house and there's just holes in the walls. And the fellow was, he was actually a carpenter. There's holes in the walls. And, And they would never cuss. They would never get drunk. They would never, but yet, realize, say lazy. And then they wonder why they don't ever get ahead. But then I've seen, how many of you know we got to take care of what God does give us? I hope I'm not making you feel bad. (laughs) I'm just trying to point some stuff out to you. We're going to have people out there washing their cars, you know, before before this afternoon. But that's a good example, you know. Uh, No matter what kind of car you got, keep it clean. Can you say amen? Now, when it's snowy like it's been, it's kind of hard, but do the best you can. You get in the spirit of what I'm trying to share with you. Just take care of what you have. Take care of what you have. I know of one guy, he didn't have a very good set of golf clubs. And I remember he was always, and I don't play much golf anymore. You know, golf used to be my God. You know what I mean by that? I put golf ahead of coming to church on Sunday. How many of you know that's sinful? Aren't you glad the Lord's straightened me up over the many years? That's 30 years ago when that was the case. But this guy didn't have a very good set of golf clubs. But I noticed he always, I always watched him afterward. He always cleaned them. And I looked at his set one day and I thought to myself, man, that's such a rotten set of golf clubs. Why would you want to keep those clean? I didn't say that to him. I thought it. This is years ago. And one time I asked him, I said, why do you clean those clubs? He said, well, this is what, what I have. This is what I have. This is what the Lord blessed me with. And I'm going to take as good care of them as I can. And, you know, time came and went. And I, I saw him at another time. And I looked and he had a far better set than I had. And I thought, well, that's fine. But, you know, I said, what happened? He said, well, the Lord blessed me with a great set of golf clubs. See, he took care of what he did have. And the Lord blessed him. Now, laziness is one thing, but I'll close for all of you people who are, who are glad that I'm talking about laziness. Let's finish here. Give me about five more minutes. Realize, say overwork. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, do not overwork to be rich. Did you know that just like being lazy, you can overwork and miss the mark just as well? 
Look at Luke 10. Let's turn there. I've watched people overwork over the years. While you're turning to Luke 10, I want to say this. Listen carefully. Because I realize that your head can only absorb as much as your seat can endure. So I'm not going to preach on too much longer. But I want you to listen. Listen to me. Ladies and gentlemen, listen. This gets back to having faith in God and trust in God. I admire people that work. I really do. And I, I have a lot of respect for people that work. But I've already watched men and women work three and four jobs. And if you've got to work three and four jobs, that's fine. I understand that. But there's sometimes people are working those three and four jobs, not just to support their family, but sometimes they're doing it just because they want to get things. Did you know your children is more important than things? Did you hear what I just said? Your children's more important than a vacation. Is that right? And so I wouldn't want to see anybody work three and four jobs just to get things and you aren't spending time with, time with your children and you lose them. Work, be industrious, don't be lazy, but you can overwork and, and cause almost as many problems as you cause by being lazy. Look at here, Luke 10.39. How many remembers Mary and Martha? And they were sisters, and Jesus was over at their house teaching the word. Luke 10, 39, and she had a sister called Mary. Martha had a sister called Mary. And what did Mary do? Sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Is that good to do, sit at Jesus' feet and hear his word? But Martha was what? Distracted with what? Do, does serving need to be done? Yes. But you can take it to the point where it becomes a God to you almost, and you can become what? Realize, say, distracted. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are what? Worried and? So there's some other sins going on there. They run in packs, don't they? Worry is a sin. Worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part and it will not be taken away from her. Did Martha have a problem with overworking? Yeah. Did the serving need to be done? Yes. But it was so important to her to be sure that the table was set and that all the food was just right and everything. And it got to the point, it distracted her. And notice what she was about to do. She was about to cause her sister Mary to miss the mark. Is that right? Boy, grab a hold of this. And this, what the, this is what happens a lot of times with people that are over-industrious. They don't mean to do it, but because they're so uh, uh, work-driven and they're so industrious, they can make the rest of us feel like we're lazy. And I don't think that Martha's real intention was to ever pull her sister away from the Lord and listening to the word of God, but she was so consumed with working and getting the job done. And, and there's much to be admired in that, but she went over and got in the ditch. You know, you can get in the ditch on either side, laziness or overwork. And, and Martha got in that ditch on the other side where she was so industrious and, and wanted to get the job done so excellently and all of that, 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 Hey, 
what about my sister? What about my sister? She needs to be in here helping me. And in so doing, by Jesus' own words, you can see there that, that Martha's over-industriousness and her, her, her work ethic that was good to have a work ethic, but she took it to the extreme, and she was about to pull her sister away from Jesus' feet. How many of you know that can't be good? And now she's going to cause somebody else to miss the mark. And that's what happens a lot of times. I want to reiterate this with people that are over industrious and they're, 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 they're hard workers and all that's to be admired up to a point. But, but because of their industry, it's real easy. And they don't mean to do it a lot of times, but they can throw a guilt trip on other people and make other people feel like they're you know, not measuring up. And so, yeah, I need to leave Jesus' feet and go in there and help her when the most important thing is realize, say the word of God, word of God. Did you get anything out of this today? All right, we're going to receive communion. We do that about every six weeks around here. It just happens that we're receiving it today. So, so stand with me if you would. Ushers, quickly pass the communion out. We'll not take long with this. Just pass it out, please, guys, if you would. As they're passing the communion out, I don't need any background music or anything today. Thanks, that's fine. Just go ahead and pass the communion out. While they're doing this, I want you to listen to me. First of all, it's important that you know the Lord Jesus 